Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to my very first installment of True Crime Stories. I am so excited to be starting this because I have been a huge fan of all things true crime. Give me all the podcasts, all the forensic files, the cold case files, the Dateline episodes. Just dump it all on me. I am so intrigued by this stuff. I don't know why. It's probably creepy, but I know I'm not alone, which is why you are here. So today we are going to be talking about a current and ongoing story very prevalent in the news right now. It is the story of Lori Vallow and her two missing children, JJ Vallow and Tylee Ryan. I have a ton of notes on this story. I have been following it for a while and then in the past few days I've been taking notes just to make sure that I get my facts straight and my timeline in the right order because this is a very complicated story. There are a lot of characters timeline kind of bounces around, but I'm going to do my best to lay it all out so that you know everything you need to know about this story and can follow along with me. So grab some coffee. Let's get started. Cheers. All right, so our first cast member in this wild saga is Lori Vallow herself. She is 47 years old. She was raised in Southern California, raised a devout Mormon. She was known as a very quiet and sweet cheerleader throughout school. She would study seminary before she would go to school. These were very devout Mormons. They were known to have a huge book, the Book of Mormon, in their home. Everyone knew that they were very serious about their faith and had a very strict belief. So, um, fast forward to her adult years, she got married five times, which I don't know how that really correlates with a strict Mormon religion, but hey, not my business. So, um, her first husband was somewhat of a high school sweetheart. They didn't last very long though. Um, her second husband, William, she actually had a son with him, Colby, who is the oldest of her three kids. Colby is not one of the missing children, um, but he has been very vocal about his concern for the kids. And um, he wants some questions answered about their disappearance because he has no idea where they are either. You have the power to end this. You have an opportunity to put this all to rest. I know that it's hard maybe for you. Maybe it's something you don't want to do. I don't know. After they had Colby, they got divorced, and she remarried to Joseph Ryan, which is Tylee's biological father. After Tylee was born, they got divorced, and she married her fourth husband, which is Charles Vallow. Now, Charles Vallow and her were together for the longest of her four relationships at this point. They got married in 2006, and this is kind of an odd little truth bomb, but in 2007, just a year after she married Charles Vallow, her brother Alex attacked her ex-husband Joseph Ryan. So he ended up spending 90 days in jail for this assault where he used a taser on him and threatened to kill him. 
Now, this is where we start to see some of the real Lori Vallow. She would threaten to keep Tylee from her father and use her as a pawn in this game. We see it and hear it all the time. This is when we start to see you know, her true colors really come out. In 2014, Charles and Lori adopt Charles's grandnephew, JJ. Uh, JJ has special needs. He is autistic. He is described by his grandparents as being incredibly smart. He was reading at the age of three and not just little kids books, but like real books he was reading. He's incredibly smart and just fun loving, a joy to be around, really the light of his grandparents' lives. He also had a dog named Bailey. Bailey was his special therapy dog. They had a very close bond. Ba Bailey would spend the night with JJ and sleep in his bed and they had a very, very close bond. Chad Daybell founded a podcast called Preparing a People. And that was actually a group, not just a podcast, but like an actual religious group. And he wrote a ton of books, multiple books that he had written. Um, and he would be invited into people's homes to discuss these visions that he had. And he was kind of like this prophecy. He declared that he had lived 31 past lives. Some of those on earth, some of those not on earth. I don't really understand what that means, but Anyway, Lori started reading these books and became obsessed, according to her friends, with Chad Daybell and his teachings. So in 2017, Lori and Charles Vallow moved back to Arizona. And shortly after that, her ex-husband, Joseph Ryan, Tylee's biological father, dies of a heart attack. And then shortly after that, Lori and her niece go to a convention where Chad Daybell is speaking and she meets Chad Daybell in person for the first time. Now that is in December of 2018. And shortly after that, they appeared on some podcasts together. They became very involved with one another. And then in February of 2019, just two months later, Lori disappears for 58 days. She doesn't tell her husband or her children where she's going, when she's coming back, if she's coming back. She just disappears and leaves everything behind without a care in the world. So naturally, Charles files for divorce. And then he retracts his divorce papers and tries to make the marriage work. Even though in his original divorce filing, he states that she has told him she doesn't care about him or JJ anymore. In the midst of all this, Chad sends Lori an email and it says, demon with a name, Nick Schneider. And that's when Lori starts transferring tens of thousands of dollars from her husband Charles's bank accounts into private unknown accounts. And she tells her husband, Charles, that she is a God assigned to carry out the work of 144,000 at Christ's second coming in July of 2020. And that if he gets in her way, she will kill him. So I want you to remember the title of that email, a demon by the name of Nick Schneider, because although it sounds kind of odd and out there and random, it comes up later. At one point in February of 2019, Charles actually tries to have Lori committed for a psych eval. She is eluding police the day that they're trying to find her, but finally turns herself in the next day and then is released shortly after because she convinces the doctors and the police that Charles is just doing this because of a marital dispute and that there's no validity behind any of his statements. And they believe her, so they let her go. Just a couple months later in April, Charles texts his friend and says, it's the freakiest thing I've ever experienced. She's with a group of people called Woke and preparing a people. She says an evil spirit named Nick Schneider 
murdered me and is using me to violate her. So she is going off the deep end. She's starting to believe that people are possessed by these zombies and that there are only 144,000 people on the, in the world who are, who are worthy of being saved before the second coming of Christ. I mean, she's losing it. She's having these delusions. But the weird thing is, is how does she decipher between right and wrong? Because she's able to tell the doctors and the police one thing to get her out of there. So it's like she knows what they want to hear, but then on the other hand, she's telling her husband that he's possessed and that he's taken over by some demon used to violate her. I mean, it's just crazy shit. Like, so I don't know. I have a hard time rectifying what she's telling cops and doctors versus what she's telling people who are more close to her. Um, I don't know. That just tells me that there's somewhere in there that she has to know what she's doing is is crazy, right? Right? I don't know. I don't know. So a few months later, Charles goes out of town and we, when he comes back, Lori takes his car from the airport. So he has no car at the airport when he comes home. He finally gets back to the house and, and Lori has gotten rid of all of Charles's things. Um, all of his clothes are gone, belongings, everything's gone. She just wants him gone. And this is in July of 2019. In that same month, Charles arrives at Lori's house one day to pick up JJ, and there's a big altercation. Alex, Lori's brother, is there. They get into a big argument. Lori and Tylee are trying to defend themselves. Allegedly, Tylee goes back to her bedroom and grabs a bat and comes out and pokes it at Charles, trying to back him away from her mom. Now, this is all just hearsay. Nobody knows what really truly happened in this moment, but this is what Alex says happens. So when Tylee pokes Charles away with the bat, Charles takes the bat from her and Tylee and Lori leave. So what happens next is only according to Alex Cox, Lori's brother. Now get this, Charles Vallow played baseball in college. If he wanted to kill someone with a bat, I think he would have the knowledge and the strength to be able to pull that off. So they get into this scuffle and Alex says that Charles hits him over the head with a bat. But all Alex has is a slight abrasion on the back of his head. There's no swelling, it's barely bleeding, and he's just dabbing at it casually while he's talking to the police. But he says that after Charles hits him with the bat, that's when Alex shoots him in the chest, killing Charles Vallow on the spot. I want you to check out this body cam footage of the cops talking to Alex and listen to just how nonchalant he is when he's describing what happened. And is he hurt or is he alive? Or? Yeah, there's blood. He's, he's not moving. On July 11th, 2019, Lori Vallow's brother, Alex Cox, called 911 to report he had just killed Charles Vallow, JJ's father, and Lori's estranged husband. I got in a fight with my brother-in-law and I shot him in self-defense. He came at me with a bat. Cox is shown here dabbing at a wound he says he got after Charles hit him with the bat. It definitely didn't appear that he was struck with, a, you know, an extreme amount of force to a baseball bat. Charles was a, a very physically fit man um, and actually a former college ball player. So it didn't appear that it was a, a, a huge strike to the head. And then if that's not weird enough, they go to talk to Lori and Tylee and Lori starts laughing. Lori, JJ and Tylee were all home at the time. As police questioned Lori, she didn't appear rattled or upset, even laughing at one point. How long have you lived here? Like three weeks. Oh, geez. Yeah, okay. That's why the neighbors don't know what's Gotcha. <laughs> like, 
Hi, neighbor, sorry. Arizona detectives say throughout Lori's interview with police, she wasn't phased. Just, it was kind of like a happy-go-lucky. Um, she was just kind of smiling. She was talking about how Tylee was going to go to uh, BYU, Hawaii, and it was just a very, very nonchalant, you would have thought that we just, you know, recovered their stolen vehicle. And not only that, but then that night they have a pool party. They have a pool party at the house the same day that Charles is shot dead in her home. And then to let Charles' sons know that their dad has just died, she sends them these texts. Lori says, hi boys, I have very sad news. Your dad passed away yesterday. I'm working on making arrangements and I'll keep you informed with what's going on. I'm still not sure how to handle things. Just want you to know that I love you and so did your dad. And they respond with, Lori, what happened? Lori never responds, so they send multiple question marks. And finally, three days later, they say, okay, Lori, it's been three days. You let us know our father passed away over a text message. Three days and we haven't heard from anyone. The only information we have is that one text from you saying he passed away. You disappeared after that. We need any information you have. What happened? When did it happen? How did it happen? Where is he now? They send multiple text messages like that, and she keeps beating around the bush, and she never tells them what happened. So clearly things are spiraling out of control. The following month in August, Lori takes JJ's dog and returns him to the kennel, citing a change in family circumstances. So there's no real reason that they just return the dog, but they just take him back to the kennel where they got him. The following day was August 10th, and that is the last day that Kay Woodcock, which is JJ's grandmother, has ever heard from JJ. They FaceTimed for a little bit, and then after that FaceTime session was over, she never heard from him again. The following month in September, Tylee, JJ, and Lori moved to Rexburg to be a little closer to Chad Daybell, which, by the way, let's talk about Chad for a second. He has a wife. Her name is Tammy and things started getting pretty weird in their relationship at the same time that things got pretty strange in Charles and Lori's relationship. So when Lori, Tylee, and JJ moved to Rexburg to be closer to Chad, he is still married to his wife. And on October 9th, Tammy is involved in a failed attack where someone masked came up to her car with what looked like a paintball gun. She documented this experience on her Facebook page. So I'll share a photo of what she had to say about that encounter. And then just 10 days later, Tammy is found dead in her bed, supposedly of natural causes. Now, obviously only people who know Lori and know Charles and know Chad know that this might start getting kind of weird, especially if they happen to know Lori and Chad together. But the police didn't have any reason to suspect that Tammy died from anything other than natural causes until they started learning about the disappearance of Lori's children. So they recently reopened the case and exhumed Tammy's body to investigate that further. Now, this is where I'm gonna kind of bounce around a little bit because in the midst of all this, a lot of things happened between the time that they moved to Rexburg and Tammy died. A lot of things started happening um, between that time. So shortly after they moved to Rexburg, uh, Lori takes her kids to Yellowstone National Park and this is actually the last time that Tylee is ever seen alive. Law enforcement have been asking people who were there at the same time to check back on their photos to see if they have any evidence of Tylee leaving the park, but that is the last time that she was ever seen alive. 
And then just a couple weeks later, September 23rd, that was the last time JJ was ever seen alive. He was disenrolled from his elementary school and by law, the school was not required to make checkups on JJ. Lori just went in and said, you know what, I'm gonna homeschool him, disenroll him, and went on their way and the school never heard from him again. That was the last time he was seen alive was September 23rd. So then a couple weeks later, Lori rents a storage unit and she is seen dropping off items that belong to Tylee and JJ, things like children's bicycles, photo albums, items belonging to Tylee and JJ, and then there's also gun casings, which is a little weird. But Alex Cox was seen visiting the storage unit, Lori and Chad were seen visiting the storage unit, and we will revisit this later. The day after renting that storage unit, Lori's ex-nephew-in-law, so this man was married to Lori's niece, Melanie. His name is Brandon Boudreaux, and he was the target of a failed drive-by shooting. Now, this is pretty spooky too, because no one could see who the driver was or who the shooter was, but they were able to track the vehicle and it was a vehicle registered to Charles Vallow, who died a few months ago. And then just one week, seven days later, that is when an attack was made on Tammy, Chad's wife. So all of this is going on super close together. We're in the midst of all of this, Lori found time to do some shopping on Charles's Amazon account and order herself two rings that she paid for with Charles's Amazon account, even had shipped to her home in Charles's name. And those rings come up a couple weeks later when her and Chad have an intimate wedding ceremony on a beach in Hawaii. Now people are starting to get concerned because we haven't heard from JJ entirely in a while. So the police are called and asked to do a well check on the home of Lori. They go to the home looking for JJ and Tylee. Lori answers the door and says that JJ is with her good friend, Melanie Gibbs, and that Tylee is at school at BYU, Idaho. She then calls her friend Melanie and asks her to lie to the police, which gets her in trouble later. And I think they started kind of feeling the heat from law enforcement. So the very next day when law enforcement came to follow up on that visit, they find that the place has been completely abandoned. Lori and Chad take off back to Hawaii and they have left absolutely everything behind. Their furniture, a lot of clothing, a lot of personal items, everything is left in the home and they are gone. Now, a few days after they leave, Lori's brother Alex gets married and oddly enough, he takes his wife's last name. I've never actually heard of a man taking his wife's last name. Usually it's the other way around or maybe the wife will hyphenate and maybe the husband will hyphenate too, but I've just never heard of a man taking his wife's last name. It kind of makes me wonder if he was trying to alter his identity a little bit, if he knew that people might be looking for him soon in regards to all these suspicious deaths that keep surrounding their family. I don't know, but I just know that that's what happened. And unfortunately, it wasn't long after that Alex dies suddenly of a blood clot and high blood pressure it ended up being the cause. He just up and died two weeks after he got married. So finally, December 20th of last year, police announced that they are going to be investigating the disappearance of JJ and Tylee. I don't know what took them this long because they have been looking into this since September, but whatever, they have finally announced that they're going to be investigating this further. A month later, I don't know why everything is so slow. It aggravates me to no end. I don't know if it's because police have so much red tape to cross through. I don't know, but it wasn't until a month 
goes by that Lori and Chad are served with papers while they're vacationing in Hawaii and Lori is ordered to produce her children to the courts within five days or face charges of um, child abandonment and non-support of a dependent child. Sure enough, five days later, Lori misses that court appearance and she is arrested in Hawaii. Get this, a month later, February 20th, she's finally arrested, two months after, why does it take you so long? I, I don't understand it. This is what infuriates me about this case because there is one person who knows where her kids are and it's Lori Vallow. And for whatever reason, she spends from September of 2019 to February of 2020, avoiding any law enforcement or responsibility for her two kids. Who knows where they are? Nobody knows where they are. It's, an, it's ungodly frustrating. She still refused to answer any questions in regards of where her children are, if they're alive, if they're okay, if she's hiding them, why she's hiding them. She's not answering anybody. There are people who see her out in public. There was reports of one woman who saw her at a car rental facility and asked her, where are your children? And Lori's response was, just like that. <laughs> like. In the meantime, Lori was waiting her trial. Um, she, she asked the judge multiple times to reduce her bond so that she could go home. And he kept denying until he finally did reduce it to from $5 million to $1 million bond. Um, but then unfortunately, just recently on June 9th, the, the remains of JJ and Tylee were found on Chad Daybell's property and they were later confirmed to be JJ and Tylee. So authorities actually found the bodies of JJ and Tylee because they tracked Alex Cox's cell phone and they found mysterious links between Lori's apartment and Chad Daybell's property in, in Rexburg, Idaho. An FBI special agent who was tasked with analyzing the frequency of Cox's visits to the Daybell property that month highlighted one of his visits on September 9th, the day after Tylee was last seen alive at Yellowstone National Park. On that day, between 2.42 and 3.37 a.m., Cox appeared to visit the Rexburg, Idaho apartment that the siblings shared with their mother, Lori Vallow. He then returned to his nearby apartment before traveling to Daybell's property where he remained for about an hour. The affidavit said this is significant not only because he is there in the middle of the night, but also because this is the only time in September he appears to go to Lori's between midnight and 6 a.m. And you know, this is also kind of creepy because Chad Daybell sent text messages to his wife around the time that Alex was at his property and said, well, I've had an interesting morning. And apparently, he informed her that he had burned some debris in their backyard fire pit that morning and also buried a raccoon in their pet cemetery after shooting it along a fence. Now it just came out and this is kind of disturbing so I just want to warn you that JJ's body was found duct taped before he was placed into a plastic bag and Tylee's body was found dismembered and also burnt. So to think that this could have happened in early September when Tammy was still alive and Lori and Chad were just living their best life in Hawaii, acting like everything was fine. You know, it's incredibly disturbing. People kept asking her where her kids were. She had no answer for them. She remained very elusive and snarky to people who would ask. And it just blows my mind. This is just heartbreaking. There are so many details that go into this story that I'm afraid I'm probably leaving a lot out. And if you have been following in this story and would like to add anything, I, I hope that you do because I think this story is 
It's crazy and I think it's important because obviously this mom has just completely gone off the deep end. I don't know what her mental status is. I'm really disappointed that, you know, these psych evals were taken so lightly and that, you know, there wasn't more work done to see if there was validity to the things that Charles was saying because Charles ended up dead and there are so many moving parts and pieces to this story. So many suspicious deaths, so many weird and bizarre experiences. It's just wild. So Chad Daybell has been arrested and is currently awaiting trial. Um, they are both being linked to the murder of JJ and Tylee. Um, so I will probably end up doing a follow-up video on this once their trial does start and especially once they are found guilty because I'm assuming they will be. I can't imagine this will be another Casey Anthony situation because I will rip my hair out if it is. But anyway, if you would like to leave some comments of other cases you would like me to elaborate on, or if you have anything to say about this current case, I would love to see your thoughts and opinions in the comment section. And yeah, that's that. That is essentially, in a nutshell, the case of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell and Lori's missing children who have recently been found. Um, this is a horrible ending to this story. I wish so bad that they would have been found and that maybe they could have had a chance to rehabilitate to rehabilitate from the craziness that ensued in their lives. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens. Till next time.